Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Boom! We are live! Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Cliff and Neil. Uh, we've got a, an exciting show today. Um, before we get started, actually, I want to throw up uh, this, uh, this uh, little banner. Um, we are live right now on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on the LA Blockchain Summit uh, 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 accounts, and uh, you can participate live. So if you ask us questions, leave comments, things like that, we will see them and we can bring them on screen uh, towards the end of the uh, show and, and ask the guys. And then also subscribe there so that next time we're live, you can do it. You can also find this everywhere where you download podcasts. So this will be up later today there too. Um, Cliff, Neil, welcome. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Good, good to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. So, um, you know, actually, before we dive into Casper, would love to hear your guys' backgrounds. I've known both of you guys for a while now, and we've been in this space for a bit. But um, for for everyone else, uh, you know, why don't we start with you, Cliff? Uh, give us your uh, your your background and and sort of what brought you into the blockchain space? Uh, well, my story is the typical uh, Johannesburg, Irvine, Berkeley, Cambridge, San Francisco, Los Angeles story that you've heard thousands of times. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, originally born in South Africa, grew up mostly in California, uh, went to Berkeley for undergrad and uh, did law school on the East Coast. And um, even in law school knew that I wasn't meant to be a lawyer my whole life. Um, and it took a few years of me accepting that and, uh, you know, assuaging my Jewish mother that, I, you know, I, I didn't have to be a lawyer uh, before joining my first startup uh, about five years out of law school. Uh, I was living in San Francisco, hard not to get swept up in Silicon Valley. And I had an amazing first experience at the startup called VideoSurf. I loved the team, I loved the idea. We were doing something faster than Google could do it because we were more nimble. And um, and then it didn't hurt that that, that um, company got acquired by Microsoft after I was there for about a year. Um, and I got to be a part of like an $80 million acquisition and I thought this was really cool. And then the, the same um, venture capital firm that had invested in VideoSurf basically said, Cliff, you're, you're gonna join this other company and you're gonna do the same thing there. And I kind of found a, a niche as like a, a startup business guy with a little bit of a legal background and taking an idea, building a team, raising money, creating the structures for success for, for, the, uh, for the team. Um, and then eventually putting something new and cool in the world and uh, you know, having, having a lot of fun in the process is kind of what I, what I love to do. So um, how I found blockchain, um, after my, my startup back in 2016, uh, kind of run out, ran out of money and did, didn't quite make it to our Series A, I started to look around for what was next and all everyone was talking about was Bitcoin and blockchain. This is the beginning of the 2017 kind of cycle, ICO cycle. 
and I took like two months out of my life and I devoured everything I could. I started with the Satoshi white paper and I watched every Charles Hoskinson video and Alex Tapscott video and very quickly became a true believer in the power of leaderless networks and distributed computing. And, and um, if you empower the, the network um, to help build it, uh, it can be even bigger and greater than you as a, as a central kind of company uh, could ever imagine. And so I, I dove right in. My first foray in the space was at a place called DNA, which was both investing and advising uh, ICO companies. And that's where Neil and I connected. And it was during my time there that I met the founding team of Casper. This is now the fall of 2018. And I jumped in full-time at Casper in January of 2019. So just over two years ago. Awesome. That's Gus in the background. Okay, Gus. Gus is now our first ever uh, four-legged guest on on the show. So uh, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, uh, really exciting. Yeah, I mean that that's when I met you as well, Cliff. So it's been a few years. Uh, exciting, exciting few years uh, to say the least. Um, uh, Neil, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of your background before we dive into Casper? Sure. My, my background is very typical to the blockchain space as well. You know, I, I was a restaurateur, uh, then an accountant. Uh, no, um, yeah. So uh, my background, traditional financial planning and analysis. I've done that for several startups based in New York. Um, fell into the blockchain space when I was working for an e-commerce marketplace as the uh, head of operations and director of product. Um, and just, you know, initially as an investor in 2016 and 2017, really became obsessed with blockchain, just like Cliff, kind of fell down that rabbit hole and, um, you know, was introduced to Scott Walker and Brock Pierce uh, at DNA. That's where I met Cliff. And I was, uh, I, I joined DNA um, post like 2017 ICO craze. So what I was doing primarily was uh, focusing on global brand awareness and post fundraise companies, helping them kind of build their brand and establish an actual foothold in the space. And that's where I was introduced to Casper Labs. Uh, first, uh, as an investor, I joined their friends and family round um, and then was just a, a prominent advocate for the project in general. And they were like, hey, you know, it's a seamless transition, similar. Uh, there was a, a little overlap in terms of founders, in terms of Casper Labs and DNA, Scott and Brock. Um, so I joined Casper Labs, been on the team for about two years, uh, head, heading up business development that encompasses everything from strategic partnerships, investor relations, working closely with the projects that are actually building on our network, uh, as well as uh, working closely with uh, some of our enterprise partners as well. So actually, I got to interject. The, the real story is that at DNA, Neil was doing all the work and I was getting all the credit. <laughs> when I moved over to Casper and, and I had to do all the work uh, and, get, and wasn't getting much credit, I'm like, Neil, you got to come over here uh, because it was working way better before. So that's that's the real story. That's true. That, that's kind of like my, par my partnership with Joseph. People, people are always asking why he doesn't do as many of these things, and it's because he's actually getting shit done. Um, so <laughs> we had the pleasure of spending some time with him in Dubai when we were there last week, actually. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm jealous. He actually extended a little bit. He's uh, still there for a couple more days, and it was actually a really fruitful trip. Uh, and I heard a lot of great things about you guys uh, there, and lots of good stuff going on. So, yeah, well. Going back to your guys' backgrounds, I think it's. I think that's part of the the um, you know 
amazing uh, sort of uh, things going on in this space, right? Like because this space is so brand new, because this space is so, uh, you know, for lack of, not, not actually lack of a better term, because it's actually very decentralized and distributed around the world and also, um, uh, 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 yes, yes, we all do, we're all full time. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, because the space is just a, a bunch of misfits and weirdos and different people from all walks of life, there is no set path, right? Like, you know, we all know like in the in the VC world, a lot of times people ask me like, oh, what school did you go to? What did you do this? And it's like, I went to school, but I didn't get, a, a, you know, an, an MBA or anything like that. And uh, I was a terrible student and uh, I did my own thing. And I think that the funny thing is, is that like we're in this space where, you know, a guy who was, who was born in South Africa and came and got a, a law degree and Neil, who you said is a restaurateur, and a dude who grew up in a shop whose family rebuilt auto parts could all somehow come together and find a way to do business around the world, right? Like, and there isn't like a, oh, he went to this school and got a, an MBA and, and, and uh, with an emphasis in blockchain uh, management or something, right? Like that doesn't exist yet. It might happen soon, but I'm kind of hoping it stays a little weird. Um, it, it will. I mean, I mean, it's a nascent industry, but 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 cur curriculums are occurring where, like, you know, the next call me and Clip have actually is with blockchain at Berkeley, right? It's it's they're um, they're establishing a lot of content and education around blockchain, but yeah, we're not there yet. Well, I also, I, yeah, and, and when I say that, I'm not like against those things. I think it's really important. Um, like we, we support um, the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation, um, uh, Cameron's group, um, and he's, he's awesome. He was pushing that stuff for, you know, like for years now. Um, and I think it's really, really important because it's one path towards, towards this. But the fact sure. that, you know, we just made our first investment in India last week. Um, and, uh, and we've never had a set like this is, you know, we're only investing in LA or whatever, I think is really important. Um, but let's, let's dive into Casper. Um, so there's, you know, today we see Ethereum, we see Bitcoin, we see even Tezos and different blockchains and things like that. Um, Polkadot now has got all popular. Um, What's sort of the unique value proposition for, for Casper and why Casper, why now? I know now is relative because you guys have been working on this for a long time, uh, but, but, but why now? What's, what's exciting now and what, where's the value? Yeah, um, Neil, I'll, I'll take the first and then, then you're welcome to, to supplement. So, you know, I, I think what, what's amazing for me being a startup guy um, Usually a startup does like one or two major pivots, you know, from what they originally started doing. And what's kind of amazing about Casper is the same um, problems that uh, Mernal, our CEO, and other founders kind of said to me in my first conversation with them are still the problems uh, that we're solving. We haven't really pivoted. So so maybe that's a good place to start. Um, and so there's there's really two. Um, um, and, and, you know, given the whole ecosystem that you said, you know, these are still like big holes in the ecosystem. So, so number one is either you call it the layer one trilemma of decentralization, scalability and, and security, or you call it Ethereum scaling problem. Um, you know, what, what Ethereum um, has done incredibly well is two of those three legs of the stool. 
incredibly well on decentralization. Anyone can join the network if you have a powerful enough, you know, set of computers, but there's no permissioning. You don't have to apply to Ethereum. You can't sue Ethereum. Ethereum can't really go away. Like they are decentralized and it's amazing. And, and we love that about them. And it's also secure proof of work, which is a system that both Bitcoin and Ethereum operate on has proven now over a decade to be incredibly secure. What Ethereum has come up against almost from its inception is not just TPS, but network latency and the costs associated with uh, with with gas. Um, and all those other pains that you mentioned, those other layer ones, whether it's EOS, Divinity, Algorand, et cetera, they've all tried to solve that, that uh, trilemma or the Ethereum scaling problem by sacrificing one of the other two legs, sacrificing decentralization or security. And, and no chain has yet really solved it. Um, actually achieved scalability without sacrificing decentralization or security. And, and Ethereum is gonna try to get there with Ethereum 3.0, but who knows how far away we are from there. With Ethereum, they have all these legacy challenges that prevent them from doing it quickly. And so what was proposed to me way back in, in late 2018 was we don't have those legacy problems. Why don't we just raise some money, find the best developers in the world to join us and, and build it in two years. It's taken two and a half, um, uh, you know, many, many years before Ethereum. So that's, that's the one problem we're solving. And then the other problem is, well, we, we started working on that and that, well, if we're going to build the most advanced layer one blockchain ever, you know, there's there's a bunch of things that other blockchains are doing, choices they're making for some reason we don't know that is preventing real adoption. Um, and let, let me just run through a few examples. Uh, like number one, most blockchains have a proprietary programming language that they make developers learn in order to program smart contracts on their platform. And so whether it's Solidity uh, for Ethereum or Plutus for Cardano, the list goes on and on. We looked at that and said, why? Why, why can't developers, instead of learning a new language and, and, and surmounting an additional hurdle to start adopting blockchain, why can't they just program in whatever languages they know? Um, and so that's how we built Casper. Um, we built it in Rust, um, but really any language that compiles down to WebAssembly, to Wasm bytecode, will be able to run on Casper. So right now, um, you know, Rust, TypeScript, um, and uh, you know we have a Solidity transpiler, but pretty soon the C family of languages, the Java family of languages, Python, etc. Let's make every developer a blockchain developer is kind of our ethos. We also saw um, uh, you know uh, other things like why does the sender always have to pay the gas on blockchain? Like, wh and why are all other blockchains following that model? We can all think of transactions where the receiver should pay the gas, or the sender receiver split the gas, or the DAP or enterprise that's building on the chain pays the transaction fees on behalf of their customers. And so we built that flexibility in. Um, we have something called uh, CICD, Continuous Integration, Continuous Deployment, which allows um, you know contract upgrades on chain. We have weighted key management, which basically allows the, the smart contract writer to say, this is a big transaction, it's the sale and purchase of a home, and I wanna wait till the entire network reaches consensus before finality. So I'm fine with that. You know, I want to, I don't mind that extra time or there's another enterprise that's doing tons of transactions and they, they're okay with 20 or 30% of the network agreeing before reaching finality. So we have that weighted key management built in and you know, the list goes on and on. There's about 12 or 14 of these real product feature advancements that you'll see with Casper. 
no one of which is a silver bullet that that by itself is going to mean the rest of the world adopts blockchain. But what we've done by solving the layer one trilemma and um, create all these features, we believe, is built a blockchain um, that real enterprises would adopt, like real companies, governments, and, and companies of all sizes and NGOs of all sizes. Like an enterprise doesn't have to just be a, a Fortune 1000 company. But they're used to a certain level of professionalism and product features in the Web 2 world that we haven't yet offered in Web 3. And yeah. that's, that's what we're offering the industry for the first time. That's, that's exciting. And um, uh, really quickly, as I want to dive into those real use cases and also get, get Neil's feedback on this, because I, I, I could tell you were about to say something and I'm interrupting. But uh, the, yeah, not at all. We're good. I think the, um, the programming language stuff is, is super important on day one because, you know, Web3 has uh, at least some beginnings of some adoption, DeFi products, uh, all, all sorts of things built already on Ethereum. And I know a lot of Ethereum developers are looking elsewhere. Um, what, um, you know, you, you mentioned that you can uh, port things over or, um, uh, uh, I, I forgot the word you used, sort of. Um, compiler. <laughs> what was that? The compiler. Yeah, the compiler. Yeah, so Take yeah. Ethereum solidity and essentially bring it over to Casper and Rust uh, for 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 any application. So, what's that process look like? Is it uh, is it extremely tough? Like, uh, if because you know, like somebody like me, so I, I'm I'm going real basic, and I'm not going to dive into the tech specifically, but like. I am technical enough to hop into a GitHub, fork some code, maybe launch something that's that's already built and customize it a little bit for myself. Not that that's the best plan for something like in DeFi, but maybe it's a fun thing that I do for NFTs or goofing around and whatever. Sure. Um, I'm not going to launch anything that takes real amounts of money and locks it in myself because I'm not that guy. Right. But like, how hard is it for, for somebody like me to take something that's already built and do it? Is it... Uh, do you need hardcore technical chops, or have you guys uh, simplified it yet? Cliff, I, I, can, I can take part of this, and you can add some color. But but Alan, ultimately, you know, so from an organizational structure perspective, we have Casper Labs that 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 you know we're launching the Casper network. Casper Labs is going to primarily provide uh, you know consulting services to utilize the Casper network. So you know, with with a transpiler, if you're if you're an Ethereum application, yeah, of course, we're able to provide you access to this, and we're going to hold your hand the whole way through. Especially now because we're about to launch our network. You know, we're we're finding specific use cases in industry verticals where we can create case studies and say, you know, hey, we've solved this problem for this particular project or or company in this industry and, and we can provide solutions accordingly. But but ultimately, you know, it's it's relatively easy to integrate with our network. I mean, I'm talking less than two hours of time to even spin up a node and start interacting with our network. Um, but but also at the same time, if if, if you have a project or, or there's something that provides value to to the Casper network, we'll we'll provide services. And right now we're doing that at no cost, uh, simply because we're, you know, utilization is the most important part of this this entire industry, right? Uh, lowering the barriers to adoption is is a key for us to be an integral part of of any, any enterprise situation. Yeah, the, the only little part I would add um, to Neil's great, great explanation is that for the Ethereum transpiler itself, and mind you, I'm a lawyer turned business guy, so um, I'm going to give my understanding of what our devs are sharing with us, um, is that you know, it's not quite, uh, you know, 
hands off, you know, do, do it for me or you know, DIY for, for a project that we are going to work with. You know, what we've built is, is a robust starting point, And then we'll be working with projects on tweaking it for them. So that for them, eventually it becomes, they just put their smart contracts in solidity and it will come out in rust. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, just, uh, throwing it out there that every tool I've ever used to, uh, you know, port code from one language to another gets you 80, 90% of the way there if you're lucky. And then you have to, of course, you know, make some changes, fix some things and, and make some adjustments. So it's a syntax, of course. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. So, so and, and every single piece, every single thing that's written is, is written differently, right? It's a different developer, different groups of people, different standards, uh, you know, whatever. So even if it's one programming language to another, it's never that cut and dry. Um, so, so that's that's really really exciting, and I'm I'm ex you know so before we we you know actually let's let's dive into the um, you guys mentioned like real use cases, and I think that for me um, as a I'm not I don't you know I'm not living in Casper land, I'm not living in only Ethereum land, I'm not only living in Bitcoin world or Tezos like. I, I feel as as an outsider, and I'm looking at these things not not exactly an outsider, but but participating in all these networks, playing around and, and getting excited by all this stuff. The way I feel about multiple blockchains and things like that are like multiple programming languages, right? Like there's certain ones that make perfect sense for certain use cases, right? And hopefully, um, a chain like Casper can address a lot of use cases, and, and I think you guys will, just from what I know. But is there like a specific real-world example or use case that on day one will be, you know, really, really uh, one of the best use cases to use Casper for? Or have you guys built for, for one specific use case? Or what are you guys seeing with sort of the, I don't know if you would call them pilot companies or dApps that are being built on this, or just the initial batch of first apps building, because I know a lot of people are building right now on Casper. Yeah, so Cliff, I'll, I'll talk about one use case that I'm very excited about, then you can you, you, you can talk about the additionals. And <laughs> um, so so the, the one use case, and I'm, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the, the new Casper site or Casper.network, but uh, it's IPWE, right? So IPWE is the world's first global patent market. Basically, they combine information and tools, identify research, understand, transact in patents. Uh, they initially had, I think, over 10,000 patents. And, and, and patents in general is a very tricky industry because uh, it's very difficult to identify who actually owns these patents. Um, so, so, so one of my like favorite use cases and projects that is, you know, they're, they're launched, they're building, they're utilizing the Casper network already, even though we haven't, mainnet isn't even live yet, uh, it's IPWE. You know, they, they enable traditional transactions, licenses, acquisitions, and, and ultimately what they're doing is they're, they're decentralizing the IP and patent industry. Um, and and they're, they were utilizing, you know, or, or exploring opportunities to utilize some other networks, but uh, given given some of the features on Casper, it made the most sense for them to build on us. And it's, it's, it's one of our, our most uh, like prominent partnerships that I would say today. You know, we should probably do a talk just specifically about them or that use case because I've in right now the the uh, and I know there's more to this but just an aside is that right now a lot of the talk around NFTs and things like that are um, related to IP because 
a few of the platforms like Mintable is is really cool. I've talked them a, uh, about them a few times, but what they've done is sort of been able to assign some licensing rights to NFTs. Yeah. But what's unclear is what happens when that token is transferred. Like if I send Cliff the token, does he now have the IP rights? We never signed any docs. There's nothing. As long as I know there's no legal precedence of me sending a token to someone and they all of a sudden have ownership of something. Yeah. But Cliff, this is a perfect transition, Ashley. Could you mention Terra Virtual? Talk about our relationship with these guys. You want me to, or do you want to? You please go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to give a few more examples of yeah. the projects. Some we can name, some not yet. Some we're still at MOU stage, and like we're not going to be one of these chains that just announces every like MOU, MOU. We're going to announce when we're when we've got to like a, a an MVP. Right, and then, yeah. and then we're close to launch. But we are working with this company called Terra Virtua. They have a token they're trading. They do digital collectibles. Uh, when we first met the team, the CEO like took out his phone and and like held it up to the chair, and all of a sudden this like transformer appeared and was like talking to us. And like, apparently, people are paying you know tens of thousands of dollars for these digital collectibles, um, which is great. And they they have the the, the rights. Through like the new Godzilla Kong movie and the new Top Gun movie, and so we're going to build some of that on Casper because they're layer one agnostic. But where our conversations are going with them, you know, behind that is NFTs is is a real unique non fungible token for that digital asset. And what we're going to co create on Casper is an authentication token, so that when you buy a diamond or a Rolex or whatever it is, you also get a token that comes along with it. And so ideally the whole world adopts a system like this and, and it really helps with forgeries, right? If, if you don't get the token with that object, you might be getting something that's fake. And that's something we can take to, you know, major exchange, like, like uh, you know, diamond exchanges, gold exchanges, um, you know, jewelry, you know, stuff like that. Um, and just to give you other use cases, and this is where I can't name names, we're, we're not quite there yet, but we're talking to like a, uh, with a multi-billion dollar supply chain company. They do supply chain management for other like huge players in aerospace and um, automotive and medical device manufacturers. Um, great to put that all on chain. We're talking to governments already about putting their ID systems, their supply chain, their you know, quasi-government activities like ports um, on chain. These are all announcements that we'll, we'll get to make once we get to that stage. But to answer your question, Alon, about, you know, are we picking one industry or not? Like, what's our go-to-market strategy? We thought about this. You know, we're obviously a, a layer one um, and, and we're multi-purpose like Ethereum. So we're not industry specific. And instead of saying, okay, let's tackle one or two verticals, you know, supply chain or, uh, you know, IP or whatever. The, what we, the way we're taking uh, this this approach is, let's find in the first year or two a couple dozen amazing use cases, industry agnostic, and really work hand in hand with them, and then show the world that this is what can be built on blockchain. And then we'll take our learnings with those companies and governments and enterprises and then go into their verticals and be like, look look what your competitors are, are doing on chain. You know, don't you want to do the same? So that's, that's kind of our approach. And then the last thing I'd say on this is echoing what Neil said, uh, the the real genius in it, because it wasn't our, our neither of our, our ideas, but our founders of the way this is structured is Casper Labs, which is the, the for-profit parent company that we both work at, 
that our, our devs, who are the majority of our employees, have been building the Casper network, which is the blockchain. Um, once once we launch the chain, and, and that's next month, mainnet goes live next month, that's like, you know, we're sending our kid off to college. Like, yeah. she's now not in our hands. She can do whatever she wants out there. Other people are going to build the network. And, and you know, we're still going to build the network, but what Casper Labs becomes um, is a professional services uh, uh, consulting firm. And so, when, uh, sure, the, someone can build on Casper by themselves. They don't need Casper Labs. There's going to be the CryptoKitties version of Casper, and people are going to hack on it and break shit, and that's great. Uh, but when, when big enterprises want to actually hire experts to potentially build on the network, who would they rather go to but the guys and gals that, that built it? And we're going to be offering this service for free for a while, for a year, maybe even two years, because we're, you know, we're funded. We're going to have a token sale. Uh, we'll eventually charge a lot for these enterprises. But, but what we want to do is work closely with these enterprises to showcase the power of the Casper network. So that's, that's kind of our go-to-market strategy. And we're adaptable, right? So we can provide private, public, uh, private, public hybrid model blockchains as well, too, based on what the what the enterprise or the business actually needs. So that's, that's awesome. And, yeah, and we're we're a little over time, but I'm not going. I, I think if if you guys can, I want to go a little longer to um, so we can hit on what you mentioned on the token sale part really quick. But but before we go there, um, obviously it's it's going to be this this open source launched network, the test net is already out there, right? And um, and so where can people go, like, if we're not the enterprise, if we wanna build the crypto kitties or hack something together and goof around and start learning and playing and building, where can we go for documentation and things like that in the meantime, pre-mainnet launch? Cliff, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the two places I would go to is, um, is, is our GitHub. All of our code's open source, a lot of, lot of commits are there. Um, and then also our Discord. You know, we have a, a Casper Telegram channel, but that's more kind of, you know, what about the project and you know, retail crypto folks. Uh, but our Discord is really focused on on tech and 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 the developer conversation. So yeah, if, if people want to hack on and do it themselves, start at our GitHub and our Discord. And Discord, you can interact with our core developer team. They're all, they're all on there. Our CTO Meta's on there. She's 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 very active. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely recommend Discord as well. Yeah, Meta, Meta is amazing. She's been on a bunch of our events too, so you can see a lot of the things she's she's spoken about. And she's uh, yeah, she's she's pretty great. So I'm sure um, you'll you'll have you'll be in good hands if you go to Discord and you're looking to build something. Um, I actually have some ideas now that I'm I'm uh, thinking about it. Not that I've already hit you guys up with eighteen thousand ideas over the last few years, but um, so so b before we finish off, you know we. We uh, it, it would be really really important to to hit on you know you guys are about a month away from mainnet launch you're um, preparing for a token sale on Coinlist um, can you guys talk about that what it means like when somebody participates on Coinlist are they investing in Casper Labs are they buying a network token is it an investment like I, I'd like to. For, for everyone to learn, you know, what's next. I'm sure everyone's going to be hearing about Casper over the next month, two, three, uh, but be great to set the foundation. Go ahead, Cliff. Yeah. Uh, sorry, there's an airplane going overhead. I don't know if that's coming through, but um, yeah, so so you know, we're, we're two and a half years into this project. Um, 
and we're about to launch mainnet super excited about it the the sale on coin list um you know really came about um because we, we need we want our token out there like our, our token is it's not a security it's not an investment sure might it rise in value because there are exchanges where people are trading them yes but the main purpose of the token um is to function our network um, to uh, to reward the validators, the, the nodes that, that are running it, and then as as small and and our gas fees are going to be really low, small transaction fees between the parties. That's that's why the token exists. If people end up trading it and making money on it or losing money, that's you know kind of beyond beyond us. But we need our token out there so people can start powering the network and people can can you know get enough of these and then start their own node and, and and be a part of it so that's really the purpose that's yeah and that's key to the decentralization of it right like if only three people hold all the tokens and run all the nodes it's never going to be decentralized right and so and so we did have two private token sales but they were really private validator sales and we had over 115 uh people and entities participate so that they become uh the genesis block at launch um, and so it's almost, you know, decentralized from the beginning. Uh, it really is. But then, yeah, once the token sale on coinless tokens are distributed, you know, we're, we're a fully decentralized network at that point. Uh, but the, so yeah, the, the coinless sale um, has been a long time coming. You know, we, we've been working with the amazing team at Coinlist since October of last year. Super excited. Obviously, it's a very exciting time in crypto to be launching, you know, but much better that it's this March rather than last March. Um, uh, although I would say, you know, going through a bear market was good for us, right? Like that, that's when we were building and we didn't have to focus on on the, the crypto market. Um, but yeah, we've structured the coinless token sale in a way that really fosters a lot of participation. There's um, there's three options. One that has like a, a one-year lockup. Sorry. Um, oh, we can hear you. One that has a one-year lockup um, and a six-month lease at the lowest price for those that um, you know have a longer horizon until they actually can get their tokens, but one at low price. Uh, an option two that has a six-month lockup and a six-month release um, at a slightly higher price, and then our fully trading tokens um, at the highest price. And uh, you know what, what we're what we've designed is a way for as many people to participate as possible. Um, but one thing to note: even the freely trading tokens. There's now a coinless requirement that there's a 40-day holding period until those tokens are actually deposited in the coinless wallets of those that that will participate. So it won't be until right around May 10th that the Casper token CSPR uh, will actually be trading. So coinless sale last week of March, Casper token trading day, uh, May 10th or 11th. Alana, I also just wanted to clarify, you know, uh, the, the Casper tokens are held by a not-for-profit Swiss-based association. Um, you know, ultimately, we have validators, which are members, and they're they're holding tokens, they're staking, they're, they're contributing towards the network. But yeah, so so the, the token entity is an association that we have Casper Labs, and that, that's birthing the Casper network, like Cliff explained. I wanted to clarify that. Cool. So so the the money raised in the coinless sale goes to that foundation. Um, association, correct. Yeah, similar to a foundation, but it's Swiss-based, yeah. So, cool. And then, okay, and then uh, people who participate will either get their tokens on May 10th, 11th, or uh, uh, or 
six months from from then or a year from then, I think you said? Yeah, so there's a, a, a 12 month lockup followed by a six month linear release schedule or a six month lockup followed by a six month linear re release schedule. And then all of our validator participants who participate in the private sale, uh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll join the network at Genesis. They'll, 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 they'll be staking their tokens and contributing towards the network. And they're on a, a three month hard lockup followed by a three month release schedule. Gotcha. Yeah. Super, super cool guys. So what, uh, before, before we go, what's the, so what are the, the, the big dates? What's the date of the launch of, of, uh, of coin list? Does that mean that the mainnet basically doesn't really launch until, um, that May 11th date also, because no, no, no. We're, we're planning on launching the mainnet, uh, in late March. Um, you know, give or take hardening, testing, penetration testing, making sure everything's secure. So we're planning on launching the network in late March. Uh, when the when the coinless sale concludes, we'll start trading in May after the 40 day hard lockup uh, required by coinless. There'll be liquidity in the market. Uh, but 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 our plan is to launch mainnet in late March, followed by trading in May. And um, is how, how do I transact on the mainnet if I didn't get my tokens yet? Great question, Cliff. Go ahead. Um, so you you can build on it, right? Like, um, yeah. So so to transact as a validator, like a node, you would have had to participate in the private sale and be at Genesis. If you want to become a node and you didn't have that opportunity, you're going to have to wait till May. We, we, we also had an incentivized testnet, right? So we had, you know, over hundreds of participants that were uh, contributing towards the network at testnet that earned rewards. So they'll also be able to participate as a node operator, utilize that opportunity as well. Um, and, and you know, the other way to participate is if you want to build out or build on Casper. One of the things we haven't touched on is that there's, some, there's something called a developer's DAO, which is a, a fully autonomous third party that we're we're not in control of and that actually is they're going to do way more things than than casper um but what we've done is you know we we're really a blockchain for developers and entrepreneurs we've really put our tokens where our mouth is and other than the tokens that'll be sold to to ever to the the world um the next largest chunk of tokens 16 percent of total supply we're going to give to the dev dow the developers dow over five years um, and th they're going to run the process of grants of giving these tokens away, but they're not just going to give it to anybody. Um, there's going to be an RFP or a request for proposals process where people who are either building out the network or building on the network can get tokens to, to do that. And so that's another way to interact with, um, with sorry, again, uh, the, the, the network between now and token trading day is if you have an idea on how to improve Casper or build on it, um, uh, reach out to the DevDAO. Neil, do you do you have the DevDAO uh, URL handy? Yeah, it's actually one second. It's I think it's DevXDAO. So one sec, let's find out. I will gladly share it with you, Alon, and you can share it with the community as well. But yes, it's uh, DevXDAO.com. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'll put that in the um, in the YouTube description stuff and on all the descriptions as well. Um, really quickly, somebody asked, will this be interoperable with other chains? I think we sort of discussed that before, but do you guys plan on building any of the bridges or interoperability parts? Absolutely. I mean, I, Cliff, go ahead. 
no, please. You're right. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, interoperability is, you know, it, it's, it, we're in a nascent industry, right? So, so understanding, you know, other layer ones and how we can get involved and, and integrate with them is, is critical, right? We, we, don't, we don't know if there's a, a specific winner or nor do we need that right now, right? There's the, this, this industry is too young for us to be able to decide that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're doing, we're, we're, there's several efforts in place for interoperability, not just with Ethereum, uh, but with other chains as well. And, and, and we'll, we'll definitely be announcing a few of those situations very soon. Awesome, very, very cool. I think I just happened to post the other day um, on Twitter or something about, you know, that people against, actually it was, it was more about just the, the, the only person who loses in interoperability is the person who has a bad product, right? So I think it's really funny when groups are anti, you know, letting people leave their network or, or, or wanna be very siloed, especially in an industry like ours that's so decentralized. You need to let people choose and uh, let the best products win, right? Totally. So I, I love that. And um, one quick question, somebody was asking um, maybe just really quickly because I think you guys already answered this question, but um, uh, on, the, on the token sale, the different options in the unlock period, there's the first, there is the one option where you're unlocked from the day of distribution, right? Yeah, so so there's three options. Uh, I see the question that was just asked. Uh, ultimately, you know, the option three is the freely trading to tokens option, uh, but there's still a 40 day period that Coinless requires for KYC AML uh, before tokens are released. So option one is where you have a 12 month hard lockup followed by a six month linear release schedule. And then option two is a six month hard lockup followed by a six month linear release schedule. And option three is, the community sale where ultimately it's freely trading tokens that are released 40 days after the conclusion of the sale. And then and then the difference between the three is the price, right? So yeah. the longest lockup and, and release schedule has the lowest price. The middle, you know, the six month lockup has a middle price, one cent, one and a half cents and, and two cents. And so we're kind of empowering the community to decide are they willing to pay more and get their token sooner or do they want to pay less and they're, they're long believers in the project and are willing to wait a little bit longer to get their tokens. It, it, it's a choice. And, and actually, it doesn't have to be a choice. Uh, folks can participate in all three if they want. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys, before I jump off, I need to remind everybody, um, and then I'll ask you guys where, where to go and all that stuff, that we do a crap ton of events at Draper Goran Home. So go to drapergoranholme.com slash events. Um, our next one is actually going to be the Security Token Summit in March, but we have our big event at the end of the year. We're going to do a global DeFi Summit again. And then uh, aside from me doing this every Friday, join us every Tuesday night. Adam has been killing it and uh, doing an incredible job. He just had the mayor of Miami on uh, the other night. We're, we're working on some other really big guests. It's a lot of fun. So go join Blockchain and Booze on Tuesday nights. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me. I'm really, really uh, excited for, for the mainnet launch and for participating and uh, building something on the network. Um, uh, and uh, really excited for you guys and the whole crew. Um, you know, since, since the last few years of, of all these talks and building and building and building, it's, it's exciting to see things happen. So where um, I put in the ticker down below and below I'll have a bunch of links, but there's casper.network. Is there anywhere else uh, you should send people? So the, the public sale is coinlist.co slash Casper. Cool. 
Well, good, good luck with that, guys. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, again, make sure to subscribe everywhere so uh, you're notified next time we go live. I will talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thanks Bye. a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everyone. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.